This is a HeadGum Podcast. I have to say what I feel. Miami has so much appeal. A great place to get a seafood meal. Miami. Miami, Miami, you've got style. Picture it. Los Angeles, 2016. I'm H. Allen Scott, and this is a little different this time because my lovely co-host, Carrie, is on a special golden assignment right now. So, today, out on the lanai, this is a podcast where I watched an episode of The Golden Girls with a very special guest, and we're about to talk about it. We watched the season four, episode three, uh, episode called The One that got away. It was about Blanche and the fat fuck who came back. I don't want to fat shame, but like it was, he's a very large man and that was part of the storyline. He came back and then there was a UFO situation. We're going to talk about it. But my guest today is a very, very good friend of mine. She's a New York comic who I've known for probably 10 years now, I guess. And uh, she is in Los Angeles for a very brief period of time. So we were so glad to like make this work out. And she... We've mentioned her on the podcast before. We mentioned her at our live show, which that episode's going to be going up soon, uh, because she did something that is like only a true Golden Girls fan would do, slash obsessive person. Um, she, she made a portion of her website where she listed out every actor that played multiple roles on the Golden Girls over the seven seasons. Incredible. Guys... Sharon Spell. Hello, Sharon. Hi. 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 I'm so glad this worked out. Me too. Thank so you great. so much. I'm so so we were doing tickled. open mics like back in like 2006, 2006, five, six. I moved to New York in 2007. Okay. So I've known you for nine years. So, but I came to New York a few times. If we met, I feel like we met probably after I moved here. Probably. New York. You Maybe. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I feel so comfortable now in Los Angeles. I'm, yeah. I'm starting to think uh, home-like thoughts of here. It's a wonderful city, but so is New York. Yeah. You know. You, Sometimes you can love two cities. You can, and I do. <laughs> I do. So, Sharon, you, you have something awesome coming up in June. Well, yeah. this is June, but in a few weeks. June 21st, I have a solo storytelling show called You're Doing Great as part of the Dead Parent Club solo show festival that the Tank is putting on. Can I can I just say mm-hmm. that that is an awesome title for a festival? Yes. Dead Parent Club Festival. Everyone who has a show in this festival has dead parents. Wow. And there are eight shows. And she actually had to uh, reject some shows because there wasn't enough space. Well, because everyone has a parent and everyone will die someday. Absolutely. Yeah. And most uh, comedians and storytellers will write a whole piece about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I Amazing. did. Amazing. <laughs> well, guys, you should check that out if you're in the New York area. Yeah. You can it's... find out more at my website, SharonSpell.com. And the list, mm. there's a link to that list on the website, on my website. So you have a history of the Golden Girls love. Like it's documented. It's there. <sighs> yeah. What, when did it start? Well, it started when it was originally on the air, uh, and I'd, I was into it, but I didn't really start the obsession until it was on in regular rotation on Lifetime. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was on in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening, and yeah. I loved to watch it. I loved it, even with the commercial interruptions. I had all the DVDs, yeah. but I would watch it when it was on TV, 
because to me that was still part of an event, part mm-hmm. of being connected to the greater world. Like watching a DVD is good for home study, but I, I feel like yeah. uh, watching it as part of television is There is something it. special. I mean, I, I find on TV land, like I watch it and they have often marathons of it and I and Hallmark and all of those channels that there mm-hmm. is something different about watching it on television because yeah. it's just sort of, it's, it's, and in many ways it's background noise, but it's also really comfortable. So and, com- comforting yeah, and yeah. comfortable uh, because like, we're so familiar with it. Mm-hmm. It's like a, a favorite song, you know? Yeah. And it's hard to do that with comedy, with television, mm-hmm. uh, like it is, because like with jokes, a lot of times people say, oh yeah, I've heard that. Oh, yeah. I know that punchline. Yeah. And they just step on it. But with this show, the writing is so solid that it's held up mm-hmm. that it is that source of comfort. Yeah. Uh, and it's just beautiful. And what made you want to make the list of multiple character? Well, it started from conversations between my hairdresser and me. As you do. Right? Yeah. Uh, where we talked about the various people that we noticed and who were played the multiple roles. And I just one day started putting a list together. Nice. The internet was available. IMDb was handy. Yeah. And thought, like, there's no reason to not do this. Yeah. How long did it take you? I want to say weeks, months, I don't remember. It was such a labor of love, and it happened uh, <laughs> over the course, I don't know, over the, over a course of time, because, yeah. you know, I'd have to add people to it. Yeah. But I, I do remember, I sat on my couch when I lived in Pittsburgh, I sat there and just double-checked through IMDb, yeah. just with the find option, Interesting. to see if there's anybody I left out. Wow. That's impressive. Just boogie down and they and can find it, it at SharonSpell.com. Yes, it's at the at the bottom of the cavernous list of Guys, live shows and videos. <laughs> check it out. Literally, you will. It will be an obsessive thing. You will look at. Yeah. Amazing. It's it, probably the most iconic double character is Miles. Yes, and he's up top, and yeah. I went as much like chronologically as possible. Because mm-hmm. um, he played Arnie Peterson. Arnie, yes, and then. Miles Weber. Yes. Who could have... Season one, Arnie, who, um, you know, took Rose on a cruise. Mm-hmm. And then season, what, his, five? His wife was killed seven. by a drunk in a Chevy. Of course. Right. And then, uh, and then later, Miles. And they really, I don't know, they could have been the same person. They were basically the same person. Yeah. Let's be but real. But they weren't. Maybe Arnie is his real identity and Miles was the witness protection Mm. And yeah, maybe it's maybe it's all a lie. Maybe it's Inception. Maybe Miles <gasps> is Inception. I haven't thought about that. I have. I'm glad. Yes. I'm glad somebody's thinking about that. Now I'm thinking about it. You're welcome. Um, so let's get to this episode. <laughs> the one that got away. Uh, it starts with we meet Sophia, Rose, and Dorothy, and they're sitting out on the Lanai plug. <laughs> And they're playing what I believe is poker. There, there's chips, and I don't know if there's another game that involves chips, so I'm well, guessing it's, it's gin. poker. No, it's not gin, because they call that out when they say gin. Right. That's What's in the, the name of the game? Gin! Um, but Sophia keeps trying. Sophia's on a roll here. She has, like, joke after joke after joke, and she's trying to trick the girls and steal their money, which is, like, a pointless pursuit, because if she, if, if she tries to distract someone to steal money... When they come back, they're going to know the money's gone. It's not like their memory's that short. Well, Rose's might be. 
Rose possibly, but Dorothy certainly is not. No, she, she, Dorothy's not having it. She tells, you know, she says like, oh, oh, Rose, your shoe's untied. And Rose is like, you're not going to get me. I'm wearing pumps. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, your pumps are untied. And then she fucking goes down there, whatever. Um, Great. She tries, she tries. It doesn't really work out. So Sophia leaves and, and uh, Rose and Dorothy see a UFO. Have we met Blanche? No, Blanche isn't ready yet. Rose and Dorothy see something fly over the sky. Like, something fucking ridiculous flies Unidentified. over the sky. Unidentified. Unidentified. Flying object. I'm going to say this right now, guys. In my voice and in the way I describe this B story in this episode, it is with disdain, because I think it is fucking bullshit. It's odd. But it's an odd... It's a, it's a weird storyline for the episode that is about, you know, a lost love. Or, or sort of getting back with something to add to your, like, sexual pursuit list. Like, mm. it doesn't seem to meet very well with the actual point of the show. Whatever. They see a UFO. Dorothy goes in and says, it wasn't a UFO. It wasn't a UFO. She's like, Rose says, planes don't fly over residential neighborhoods. I think they do. Yeah. All right? the time. Why well, I live in New York. I mean, so. how can you avoid... That means planes would fly in the weirdest way. Because they would have to, like, go up and down and around and over. And, and they live in Miami. Yeah. Planes go to Miami. Exactly. A lot. Yeah. It's a strip. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Um, so Dorothy goes in and she basically just like is humoring Rose in this UFO thing. She's telling Rose to sit outside and wait for them to come back to beam her up or something. And yeah, it, it is weird. Meanwhile, Blanche. So Dorothy comes in to Blanche. sit on the couch and Blanche is on that couch. Oh, yeah. And she's eating a she is eating an entire bag of Chips Ahoy, casually looking at a yearbook. I feel like. Blanche works off her snacks. <laughs> yes, I agree. I feel like she she takes her sexual energy. Have you and ever uses... taken solo um, a bag of cookies, a large bag of cookies, Oreos, Chips Ahoy, those oatmeal with the frosted with the cover frosting. things, the uh-huh. cheap ones you buy Dutch for girl. the dollar at uh-huh. the store, mm-hmm. like little Dutch girl, taking yeah. an entire bag and just sat on the couch and ate. Or in the bed. I don't think... Yeah, it doesn't I don't have to be a I, couch. I don't think I've done that. I have. Really? When I quit drinking, yeah. Absolutely. Like an entire... inhale a whole sleeve of whatever. Sleeve is different. No, oh. I'm talking bag. But like, okay, because so like three bag, rows. There's, there's a shame. There's like three rows. There's a level of shame holding an entire bag, but a sleeve, not so much. I would say like a, a box of Oreos. Yes. Uh, and there are three uh, sleeves yeah. equivalent. I would house maybe two to two and a half if yeah. not the whole thing. But you would probably keep going back to over where the they live. Night. You would go no, back to the, the kitchen. In the course of a night. Interesting. Yeah. See, I, for me, I can easily eat the entire sleeve, potentially the entire bag, but I could not sit on the couch with that entire bag. I would have to have the bag like in the kitchen and I would keep going back, fooling myself into thinking I'm going to stop eventually, but, but I think won't. With, with Blanche's sex drive that her gears are grinding and she's just like internally heating up and using those calories. I can see that. Yeah. She's carb loading. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Short energy bursts. Good point. You know? Uh, so she's sitting on the couch and she's making all these noises. It's disgusting. <laughs> it's disgusting. 
can't do it. You're like, doing it. I can't, though. I can't make the noise. Yeah, you're making good noises. Yeah, so she's making all these noises, and then, and then so Dorothy's all like, um, Blanche, is there something you want to say? She's Are like, you in a good mood? Yes. And so Blanche talks about how there's this man, Ham Lushbow. Oh, who what a name. She, she Which wanted... writer was just sitting on that name? Like, we gotta use this oh, name. Oh, you know some... why they said, they called him Ham. Well, yeah. I Hamilton. Mean, because you, know, you can't the, get tickets. The musical. You can't get tickets. They foreshadowed that. <laughs> um, no, they they. So Blanche is talking about Ham Lushbow and how he is the one man that got away, and that she he he turned her down for like sexy time, and she to this day she is determined to get that man. And and so whatever she 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 has this day planned with them and Sophia tells some ridiculous story about a man in Sicily that got away and that got pulled by the hair on his back down to the river with his the wife van. Destiny. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. There was just with his wife Destiny. Uh-huh. You're right. Yeah, ridiculous. Um, but I mean, Sophia is just sort of a shadow in this episode. There is no Sophia. Has, but she has some good one-liners. She is filled good. with a lot of jokes, yeah. but. You know, Keep basically, basically a shadow. Uh, Rose, we're now out on the lanai. Plug, and <laughs> Rose has a massive spotlight. I, it never occurred to me how huge that. It is a huge that flashlight is until you said something. Her flashlight is potential. I can't even give a description. It's almost of the, the size. size of a toilet plunger, but but so much thicker. Thicker. It's like she almost has to use two hands to hold it, mm. and she's she has a she has a pie pan below it, and she's flicking the light on and off of the pie pan because she read in the Saint Olaf time that that that's how you talk that's, to UFOs, right? Right. Uh, whatever. So Dorothy comes out in an awesome maybe nightgown, maybe dress. We don't the know. The jury's still out. It doesn't open in the front, so it so doesn't that, seem like a robe. Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't feel like a nightgown. But it has this like accordion fold, like a napkin. Yeah, at the top, and so, it seems like cottony, but stiff. But stiff, yeah. It's very stiff, very and stiff. the 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 sleeves are cuffed. It might be a day dress or like a house dress. It might be a house dress that isn't necessarily a nightgown, but it's something that she was like, oh, it's a lazy day. I'm gonna wear I'm gonna wear this slip. This it's her version of a romper. I could see that. Yeah. Where she could still receive guests, which she does in a moment. Yes, yes. So so Dorothy is wearing this amazing nightgown, and she makes uh, she's sitting there talking with Rose about this UF, potential UFO, makes an Oprah dumb joke, which, you know, that's awesome. That, right. That the Not golden, that thin or that bright. Yep. Yeah. That Golden Girls is still timely. And let's be real, like, Oprah, she made a lot of money, and she's a smart businesswoman, but, like... If you really, like, recently she posted something on Instagram and she spelled lose, L-O-O-S-E. That's not how you spell lose. That's not how you, spe- you lose you when think, you spell lose that way. Do you think she has an intern who doesn't know how to no, spell lose? No, I think, I think, no. I think when um, celebrities like that misspell on on Instagram, Twitter, whatever, like Cher, Martha Stewart, mm-hmm. Oprah, mm-hmm. they're really doing it. And it's, it's, it's sort of like what our moms spell like, you know, what like... Oh, like, I don't know, like, you know, what a, like, 70-year-old woman would use oh. email with using all caps. Like, why are you yelling at me? Yeah. From yeah. her AOL account. <laughs> From MSN. Um, MSN.com. <laughs> I'm Oprah. Uh, well, maybe. Maybe it makes her seem more approachable, more more human. Yeah, I guess. I to, to not be, you know, so, so to talk to the masses. I'm just saying she's probably not... 
I mean, she's well read. Oh, that's an air freshener. Sorry. <laughs> um, There's uh, a hiss from the other room. Yeah. So another dimension. <laughs> Blanche comes out wearing a beautiful drape dress, which you brought up. I don't know if it's beautiful. You don't think it's beautiful? Like each of them at some point has some sort of drapery dress, like uh, oh, Carrie Burnett in nice. Gone with the Wind. It's fitted. It isn't. It is. In the back, maybe. No, it is. Her waist is fitted. You see her waist. And then there's the, the billowy tissues yes, coming down. Yes, there's tissues and there's a flower in the center, but it is a fitted dress. I guess. I mean, we could go back and review, but I think I'm pretty sure it was fitted. I guess. Yeah, but it, I, I liked it. Probably velvet or felt. It looked like, yeah. Could yeah. be probably like a crushed velvety, yeah. textural. So Something nice for a first date. They're in the living room and, and Ham... But Blanche is like getting ready. She, she the doorbell rings. They go in. They're getting ready She's for so Ham nervous. to come in. She's so nervous. She's just like she has to make a good impression for this gorgeous man. <laughs> and then Sophia pauses, opens the door, and it's like, oh my god, it's Rush Limbaugh coming right, in. Right, which is sort of ironic because he really does look kind of like Rush Limbaugh a lot, a lot. I Ham, wonder if Lush he Bow, was. When did Rush, Rush Limbaugh come to early nineties during so, the Clinton presidency? That's right. That's right. So this would have been just before yeah, that. This would have but been, he would have been late known. 80s. But he would have been working. You yeah, know. He, somebody knew him. Yeah, somebody, that's how he got from somewhere to somewhere mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so Han Lushbaugh comes in and, 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 and Blanche is speechless. Meanwhile, just like in the episode where Blanche's daughter comes to visit and she's gained a couple pounds, Rebecca. Sophia is, Rebecca, who has done this this episode, <gasps> they've done this podcast, Sean yes. Shabbs, she's an amazing woman. Great. Um, she... Uh, Sophia, just like in the episode with Rebecca, uh, she's making all the fat jokes. It's like fat shaming 101 with Sophia. She just can't stop herself, you and know? I'm, yeah, I've been, I've been 50 pounds heavier than I am now, mm-hmm. and uh, I've had... It's weird, like, older people need to say something. Yeah. Need to say something, like, I, I wasn't aware. Yeah. Yet. Like, one woman I worked with years ago... I told her, like, oh, I went to the doctor, and things went well, blah, blah, blah. And she stopped me and asked, did he also say you should lose some weight? Yeah. I think that uh, might be a generational thing in that, uh, like... Ah, no. <laughs> I, I know, I know, I know. I think, but I do think that there is sort of... You know, I see a difference in how the lives that, like, friends of mine or people I know that are above the age of 70, how they've dealt and le- had food in their lives. And we grew up with processed food. And, and, right. and I mean, we've had so much cooking and eating out is like cooking was never really a thing and eating out was always a thing. And so, mm. and for them, it was a very different life. So like, I think maybe they're still in that weird mindset of like, oh, why are you, why do you have a weight problem? Why don't you just like eat normally yeah. when it's just like don't you don't so much. understand what's wrong <laughs> we're living in a world reagan reagan <laughs> so so sophia sophia's fat shaming she's heavy with right. the fat jokes but there is a great bit and this happens in many episodes where um i forget what line precedes it but um but there's a fat uh, setup uh uh, Blanche says something about, I'm not about to let this man slip through my fingers again. Yeah, and Dorothy, um, before oh, Sophia even gets... But then Rose says, uh, I hope we see more of you. Yes. That's what it yes. is. That's what and it is. And then Rose, or and then uh, Dorothy, before Sophia can even utter another fat-shaming one-liner joke, covers Sophia's mouth so that she can't say anything, and that's the punchline, which is always fun, because it's nice to see, you know, that relationship between B. Arthur and Estelle Getty and how, like, 
it, it, the timing was just perfect. The timing yeah. is another thing. The writing and the timing because of the acting and yeah. the people being so solid with it. And I love the, the physical shutting up of Sophia mm-hmm. because it leaves a lot to the imagination. It of what she, of, would she have said? Yeah, yeah. like Gypsy Rosalie taking off one glove. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. the scandalous. What? What's going on? <laughs> what was Sophia about to say? Miss Gypsy Rosalie. <laughs> <laughs> I had a dream. I had dreams. Aww. Um, so Blanche leaves <laughs> with Ham, and and uh, and 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 Sophia leaves with us on a Sicily line. She talks a lot about Sicily in this episode. Mm. Rose goes back out to look for more UFOs, and then ding dong, who's at the door? Oh, it's Major Barker. Hello, Major Barker. Ooh, Major Barker in your uniform. Ooh. Come on in. He sits down on the couch, and Dorothy goes out to get Rose so that they can talk with Major Barker about what they saw. And then Major Barker says. It is Miss, isn't it? I hope it's Miss. And then... Uh-huh. Dorothy, like, moseys over, like, Hey, Major Baca, how you doing? Shut up. He gets, she gets all... Ooh. I hope it's Miss. Oh, I well, yes, it is. <laughs> my, my, sir. He just um, checked the wrong box. Yeah. But it was the right box, but he didn't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, important. Major Barker... <laughs> basically then says, oh, Greg, because I already wrote it in here. Like, he kills her steam when, right, when, you know, she's like... And she's wearing that uh, that accordion fan house day dress yeah. thing. You know? That's just not going to get you laid. Just it's like not. Like, my outfit today is kind of like Diane Keaton maternity wear. You know mm. what I mean? It's very... It's, I, I, but I feel that. But this, I know... I think it's like Jonathan Richmond uh, around the house. Well, that's sweet. I uh, think you've met me. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. But like this <laughs> but when, is not when you I'm not going me, out to get laid. Right. When you greeted me, I thought that was a very podcast recording appropriate outfit. Thank you. Yes. It's casual, it's in my home, yes. it's, it's clean, relaxed, it's put it's together. Clean. Thank you. It's a good look. You know I showered. Oh yeah. You know, yeah, I did. I appreciate it. Thank I you. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I'm glad we both yeah. thought about that. Because some people wouldn't. I know. You know, and it's hot outside. It's, it's warm. It's very warm. It's sunny. Yeah. That California. Um, <laughs> so he, Dorothy then goes over, you know, the Major Barker asks some questions about what they saw, whatever. This storyline bores the fuck out of me. And, and, then, <laughs> and then he's like, it's simple. You saw a UFO, which if Carrie were here... We miss you, Carrie. If Carrie yeah, were here, it'd be nice to see um, she's busy. You know, she's well, talking. Yeah. She's doing no, golden I get it. things. I get it. Uh, if Carrie were here, she would immediately go into the CSI moment of like, why would he even admit that to them? Why would he even give that top secret information to them? Like they, she doesn't need to know that. Yeah, it's a very it just, odd just, reveal. It doesn't make sense. It's like uh, in the TV series Goosebumps, mm-hmm. where like everything's explained at the end. Yeah, like and this is why we tri- we tricked you. But nothing's explained in this episode. No. Like, how did he not know that what we know at the end is the real? It doesn't make sense. And I'm not saying like uh, Carrie and I often fight, and I'm like Carrie, let go. Suspension of disbelief. It's funny. It's art. Whatever. Well, but in this situation, it's not funny. Yeah, it's, it's not boring. funny. <laughs> and like why? Why not flirt with Dorothy? Yeah. You're why the not, same height. Yeah. Why not set something up for later? Mm-hmm. Off camera, and then it doesn't work out, and that's fine. Hey, Major Barker. Yeah. His, his name's Major Barker. Woof, woof. Woof, woof. Yeah. Um, Get in so there, dog. We're at the restaurant now, and and uh, Blanche and no, I'm sorry, we're not at the restaurant. I fast forwarded too much. Uh, Blanche and Ham come home, and Ham is trying to leave. He's saying, you know, well, I'll see you later, Blanche. And she's just not letting him go. Blanche has had a real 
turnaround here. Blanche mm. on the surface was very selfish and very vain, and now she's recognizing that she had a good time with this man, and she 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 does want to sleep with him, but yeah. for real, like yeah. she she feels it, and uh, and and he just won't have it. He's just he just and it's peculiar. Because they dated a long time ago. Yeah. Like, if you're watching this episode cold and you yeah. don't know what happens, but they dated a long time ago, mm-hmm. wouldn't you be curious to find out if she learned something yeah. in between or, like, what's changed, what's the same, yeah. that sort of thing? Like, see see what the mileage is and like. also, Check like, under the hood. Dude, no offense, but, like, you know, like, I'm like this sometimes. Like, look at myself. I'm If I'm, if I'm lucky enough to get mm. someone like Blanche... Yeah. I'm not going to say no to it. Yeah. Like, yes, I have self-worth and everything, and I know I'm attractive, but at the same time, it's like, if if fucking, like, I don't know, Brad Pitt was like, yo, H. Allen Scott, I want you to fuck me, I would be like, yo, Brad Pitt, yes. We're going to make that happen. Yes. Yeah. Even if I know I'm going to ruin your life, and I'm going to have cameras on me, and I Why know... Why would you ruin his life? Well, Why would you ruin Brad would, Pitt's life? Because, and then the, he'd break up. Angelina and the kids, oh, and like it's a whole this is very thing. messy. Yeah, very I'm not messy. that person. I'm a no, good person. I you know I what I mean? I see, I see, I see. I don't do that. I, I just think of like the short shrift. I'm thinking of like short turnaround of like, yeah. hey, short turnaround. Because you, you know, know I'm going to have to sell that story. Mm, I need money. I know. You know, you know I'm going to have a cute have place. To, thank you. Yeah. I need to, but I need money to keep it up. Oh, I see. You know, because yeah, it's the gold. Yeah. It has to. And you got to think of the kids. You got to think of the kids. Frazier. Frazier. So. Ham leaves, and 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 yeah. and Blanche is just like fuck. Yeah. So now we're back outside again. They're fucking looking at this UFO in the sky, and who the fuck knows? And Rose is out there looking up with the binoculars. No, Dorothy is. Dorothy's looking up at the binoculars, and and is Rose, Rose wearing rose print? Pe- uh, not yet. Not yet. Not okay. Yet. No. All right. Oh, I don't think so yet. Or maybe no, I don't think so. Okay. Um. And and Dorothy's looking up now that she knows it was a UFO. She's looking up at the sky, and Dorothy is wearing a low-cut blouse. I like it. She doesn't usually do that. Mm. She's wearing a nightgown, and it's very, it's blue. It and has it, some lace. It has some lace yeah. around the chest. It's very, yeah. very Blanche, which yeah. is not, Dorothy looks hot. Yeah. And she <laughs> does a thing where um, Rose comes out and is like, you believe, and, and Dorothy's like, I don't know. I mean, I like my life the way it is. Like, I don't want to believe in this. And, mm. and then she has a great Rodney Dangerfield setup where she's like, you know, I'm just a, I'm just a teacher, a substitute teacher, a divorced substitute teacher. And she's like going down the like, my life sucks moment. And then she just screams, beam me up, which was an amazing, amazing. Yeah. And it leads to her telling Rose that it's real. Like, the, it was a UFO. Which goes back to Major Barker. Which I wonder if Dorothy went back and changed her clothes. Yeah. Or, like, put something sexier on later because she met Major Barker and then looked at what she was wearing after the fact. Do you ever do that? Like, oh. you have a really good flirt session and, and it doesn't it doesn't grow into something. Yeah. And then you go home and, like, well, I had on these shoes and I had on this. Which really oh. didn't matter. Well, it wouldn't matter. But that is like me with everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, come home is like, oh, the reason why this day didn't go well is because of my fucking face. Yeah. You know what well, I mean? Or something. It's not. I know. It's because of his fucking face. Thank you. It's always his face. Thank you. His stupid face. Should I share a story that I haven't shared on the podcast that happened to me recently that I think you would um, relate with? Maybe this is something, this, this does kind of go along with the ham situation 
uh, in the rejection moment. Mm-hmm. But it was, but I dodged a bullet. I dodged Great. a bullet. I hooked up with this guy like a month ago. I left town. He's texting me a bunch being like, can't wait till you get home. I want to see you again. I thought it was just a hookup, whatever. I get back in Los Angeles, right? Like three weeks later. And I'm busy and he's like getting angry that I can't make time to meet up with him. So I'm like, okay, Friday, 2 p.m. Keep in mind, I met this guy once. So I'm thinking he likes me. You know, I'm Uh thinking he maybe wants to see more of me. 2 p.m. Friday, we're going to go get lunch. I'm going to meet him at his place. I walk up to his place. Uh Uh-oh. The door is open. Okay. I see him on the couch getting a blowjob oh. from a ham lushbow like looking person, an older, obese gentleman. Oh. And he says, what? 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 So I go out. I tell him, I'm going to wait one minute outside. And he says, he comes out, buttons up his pants, and he's like, I thought you would like that. N- n- what about me? That you went says I would like that, and then he proceeds to tell me that the dude he was gonna be on the couch jerking off for me, which that's a problem too. But he was gonna be on the couch jerking off for me with the door open, and the guy was walking up the street and saw him and came in. Yeah, so I'm just saying that's a lot. Blanche is going after an obese older man like this guy that I walked in on, and. He should have said no to that, like Blanche should be saying no to that, because we know why. Eventually, we know why she shouldn't be sleeping with him. Yes, we do. Because he's just as vain. Uh, um, so, Rose now knows it's a UFO, and and Dorothy's like, Major Barker doesn't want them to say anything, like, you can't, don't, you cannot breathe a word, and then... Blanche comes in and Rose is like, we are not talking about aliens, not one bit. But Blanche doesn't even give a fuck because Blanche is so right. concerned with... Herself and her situation. Which I think as it's she should thing. be. Yeah, yeah. Because this UFO storyline is fucking bullshit. Yeah. Yes. I, there's the disdain. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There it is. And uh, so Blanche, Blanche gets into this tizzy about just like... No, there's there's one man, I wrote the line down, there's one man out there that I can't have, especially if he's bald and fat, doesn't make sense. And she then gets up to, you know, basically does leaves in like a Gone with the Wind style <laughs> departure, being like, as God is my witness, I will have that man love me. Um, and she's determined, she's determined to get him to sleep with him, sleep yeah, with her. Right. And that's the scene. And And then... We see her, she is, we're at, we're out at the restaurant. Right. She's taking ham out to dinner. She is wooing ham. She is getting ham to enjoy her ham. Now, now I'm hungry. Now we're, I'm hungry yeah. too, actually. Yeah. And, and she's coming on thick. She's wearing a magenta outfit, a magenta Which blazer. Which is odd because she hates the color magenta. In a future episode, I mm. believe a future episode, I think it's later, um, she says, She's trying to describe a feeling. She's like, it's magenta. You know, that feeling where you're not you're not necessarily green with envy, but you're not necessarily blue with mm-hmm. grief or whatever the line was. Yeah. You're magenta. Yeah. Which is a great great color to describe a yeah. basic Yeah, but she's wearing mood. it. And she's wearing it. But and she looks great in it. She does look great I like in this it. dress a lot better than the tissue dress. I agree. I agree. Um, and this is a great moment because Blanche... Is there's there's a Blanche is like using words that is just basically like almost like just jerking off ham with her words. You know what I mean? She's all like, put the flame out, ham. <laughs> like like she is just doing it. And there's this waiter. I think it would have been great. The waiter is like uncorking a champagne bottle. Mm, and yeah. I it, my 
directorial writer sort of aspect of it, I would have had the champagne bottle like fly off and champagne come out of it. And they probably had that, but the network was like, that's too, too much like ejaculation. Yeah. You too can't sexual. do that. Yeah. That's probably what happened. But I wish, I wish that, that I think that would have been a better laugh. Um, but then it gets to it where she says it again. And, um, <laughs> when she says, wait, she, oh yeah. When, she says it again. And then the waiter just like, gets so hot that he then takes the drink he poured for her and drinks it and walks off himself. Cause he's just like, Oh my God. <laughs> ham. And ham again, turns her down. I don't get it. I don't get it, Ham. You look like fucking Rush Limbaugh. You oh. need to fuck her. Yeah. Like, I try. Maybe he can't. Oh, it's before Viagra. It was before Viagra. And also, I'm just going to say this right now. Say it. So, I don't want to, like, start any rumors or anything. But I was working the campaign trail. And I may have peed next to the campaign manager of Bernie Sanders' campaign. I'm not going to say the man's name because this could be slander. Okay. I'm just going to say his position. Okay. And the man's a larger man. All right. He's a large man. Okay. And I was peeing next to him. Could still be anybody. Could be anybody. hmm And he's so large that I couldn't see his dick. But you saw the pee. But I saw, saw pee. The, you saw the stream. Pee came from somewhere. So maybe Ham's body is coalescing around his mm. dick by the force of his body weight. So, like, his body weight is, like, engulfing his dick to the point where, like, he has to pull back body to pee or to fuck. I mean, does Ham not have other talents or skills? Well, he's probably... he Because he's so heavy, he probably has trouble getting on his hands. Maybe I'm fat-shaming now, but he probably has trouble, like, staying on his hands and knees, like, doggy-style, to perform... Oral sex. Okay. I think... Well, also, well, what if he laid down and Blanche got on top? On his face. Sat on his face. There, I'll just say it. <laughs> like, what? I mean, there... If you want the push, you make it happen, Pam. If you I, want the butthole, if you want the wing, yeah. like, whatever you want, you yeah, make it I happen. Yeah, I bet Pam would make it happen. You're right, you're right. So, Ham turns her down again, and she does this... <laughs> She does this amazing thing where she gets up and she says something like, I will not let you treat me like this, Ham Lush Bow. And she like does a shimmy whenever she says his name. Uh-huh. She's like, Ham Lush Bow. I'm shimmying, guys. And, it's cute. And Blanche, Blanche says like, if you don't want to sleep with me, I will find a man that will. Oh, yeah. And she then Plenty like, of men who do. walks yep. through the restaurant, and as she exits, a line of men and the cook mm-hmm. follows her and out. And a dude just sitting behind him. It's gets so up from good. His date. It's so good. It's a perfect... <laughs> this scene, actually... I mean, the writing in this episode is actually very good, except for this fucking storyline of the UFO. I but I knew how you felt about that. I Go know, ahead. I know. Go ahead. <laughs> but in, this, in the restaurant scene, this restaurant scene is a perfect scene. It's a perfectly written scene uh, between, like, just Blanche, and it just, it's, it escalates beautifully. It's a great scene. Um, so, Blanche comes home, and, and he, she's, like, saying how, you know, it was the best sex of her life, and that she really showed, she really conquered this one. Now, check that off the list Mm. to Dorothy and, and Sophia, and I think Rose is there, too. Rose is there. Yeah. Um, Rose is now wearing that the the rose pajamas. Yes. It looks like it might be rose print. Pajamas. I don't think they're pajamas. I think it's an outfit. It might be an it's outfit. It's an ensemble. Mm. Um, 
There's something very large coming. Can you hear that? Oh yeah. I hear helicopter. It. Yeah. I don't. Maybe. Maybe it's a UFO. It's a, it's a UFO. <laughs> oh I hate the storyline in the podcast. I hate it. I hate it so much. <laughs> <laughs> so so then Ham comes over to the house and Blanche tries to play it off, being like, "You sex fiend, you leave. You've had enough. Go home. Take a cold so shower." Flimsy. And then Ham's all like, "I have to tell you why I can't sleep with you." And so whatever, it's out in the open, and they all listen to it and. You know, Dorothy tries to leave the room, but then then uh, Blanche is just like, and Dorothy tries to get Sophia to leave the room too. Oh, Sophia's and, not budging. But Sophia's no. not budging. No, 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 no. So Dorothy's like, "Let's go watch TV in the other room." Ma. And Sophia's like, "Just turn to keep the volume down." <laughs> it's a good moment. But Blanche is all like, "It's already out in the open. Who does? Who cares?" So he says he starts describing a moment about you know when they were together and what she was wearing that night in the bathroom and Blanche is all like I that was that that was my sister Virginia <laughs> and so now it's a totally different story now the roles are reversed right. and Ham is all like that wasn't you oh that changes everything does it Ham oh Ham does it and now Blanche realizes she doesn't need to conquer this man because she was she doesn't need him she doesn't yeah. need to she, yeah. she wasn't her and so she tells him oh Ham I don't think so you were just a plaything in my game of sexual conquest and, and then he has a great line where he's like I'll trade all my memories for a quickie <laughs> which is like True. It's true. Yeah. It's what he should have been he doing the whole time. He figured it out. Yeah, yeah. He could have had so much more than a quickie. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. And a nice weekend. A very nice weekend. And then finally, he, like, begs her at the door, and then she's all like, beat it, Tubbo, which I normally wouldn't like that line, but in this situation, she gave him everything. And he didn't hear her no. He didn't, yes, thank you. Yeah. And so she's, I like, I like that she, she said it. So she goes, so Blanche is, feels much better about herself. And she goes off and she's like, oh, how horrible would it be if somehow Virginia <laughs> found out about it? And then she says, she walked in a great last line. She's like, I guess there's only one way to find out. And she like goes off to call Virginia and gloat. Um, and now the ending of this episode. Go ahead. Pisses me off. I know. It should have ended at that moment. They should mm. have switched. They should have resolved this, but this B is story. Back when episodes are all like 28 minutes and there are three seconds of commercials. I know, but like, <laughs> the thing was, like, they had to they, fill time. They could have easily, easily settled this UFO storyline mm-hmm. and ended with Blanche, and it would have been great. Or they could have ended with Dorothy going out with Major Barker. Oh, that would have been still, great, too. I want a time machine just that for that. That would have been a C story, though. That would have been like a whole separate, like, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That would have been the next episode. Oh, yeah. But I feel like the Blanche Virginia line is funny, and it's, it's a good out. It's a good outline, yeah. and that's what they could have done. Whatever, but they didn't. So Dorothy and Sophia are sitting on the fucking couch, and Dor- Sophia's reading the paper, and Sophia says something about how how she doesn't understand how the military thinks that like you know we didn't see a bomber jet flying over Miami or something some article she's reading and then now it, it clues into Dorothy that that's what it really was it wasn't mm-hmm. a UFO I don't even understand what the fuck any of that means and Dorothy goes out to tell Rose and Rose is looking up at the sky waiting so hopeful so hopeful as Rose like would be like a child as, cause she's childlike yes, yes. very childlike and, not uh, childish no childlike childlike yes and she uh, Dorothy says it's time to stop looking it's time to stop and and uh, Rose is like oh, can't we and then Dorothy's like well, let's just stay out here for a while and 
Rose is talking about something, and I kind of zoned out because I was so angry at this storyline. I, I saw. Yeah. yeah. And, it was awkward uh, sitting here with you. And then Dorothy, it was, wasn't it? It was uncomfortable because I was so angry. Um, and Dorothy, Dorothy sort of dozes off uh, right at the moment when a actual bullshit UFO flies over, and Rose is like, Dorothy, Dorothy, wait... And Dorothy, Dorothy somehow, like, just sawing logs. She is out. Yes. She's had enough. She cannot like wake sugar up. crash. Yes. Like, yeah. Spike and crash. She's out. Uh, just, like, all of a sudden, like, uh, I had enough. I'm done with this fucking shit. <laughs> and she's asleep. And, and, and Rose just, like, quietly keeps it to herself. And it's like, oh, this is Rose's secret. Of course it is. And that's the end of the episode. Blah. Um... So, yeah. So maybe it ties into, like, the hopefulness that we all entertain ourselves with, the, the possibilities, the, the loves lost, and, uh, you know, the multiverses that exist in the universe. I'm being very generous. You're being very lying. generous, and I love that because you're from but, Mississippi, and that's what people in the South but you know, do. But this show was written in the 80s in Los Angeles, and cocaine is a hell of a drug. Cocaine. To <laughs> quote our friend. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Um, uh, wow. So I, I liked this episode. I did like it. Yeah, this is a good one. It's not, uh, one of my favorite, favorite no, ones, but no. when it's on, there are some episodes that I will turn off or fast forward through mm-hmm. and it just, but there are few. Yeah. So this is like a nice median one yeah. where if yeah. it's on like, oh yeah, well, I'll watch this. I zone out during the UFO. I get on my phone mm-hmm. during the UFO bits and I'm mm-hmm. back with Blanche. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. Totally back with Blanche. Yeah. And this, the entire series is good for watching if you're going through a breakup mm-hmm. or if you're having difficulty with a loved one because like mm-hmm. they just resolve it and yeah. they move forward. Yeah. And I love that. Anytime I've been heartbroken, many times, anytime yeah. I've been heartbroken, been there. Uh, I just watch it in volume and just see them bounce back, bounce back, yeah. bounce back. Always think, bouncing back. I got to do that. You are going to make it after <laughs> all. And then I put that show on. UFO's back. The UFO's back. The oh. UFO's back. You hate the storyline. I do. It came back again. Um, so, uh, Sharon. <laughs> yes. At the end of every Scott. podcast, yes. we do a golden takeaway. It's a nugget of truth or inspiration that you can apply to your life or the lives of our listeners. I'll start so that you have an example of Thank what you. to do. Um, my golden takeaway from this episode is to, I mean, not to accept ham necessarily, but to accept people where they're at. So, like, for me, for example, on my first date and last date with a girl, I went to go see Father of the Bride Part 2. Oh. And I was eating Junior Mints because um, they're delicious. They are. And as I was watching the film, a couple of Junior Mints, and I was a large child. I was a very large child. And what age are you at this date? I don't know. Like, probably 14, 15. Okay. I was young. Right. And, but I was very fat. And... Mm. I uh, was eating these junior mints, and they fell between my legs, and they proceeded to melt from the large, fat force of my thighs, mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. stood up, and it there was a brown sort of circle um, melted on my ass Aww. that made myself look like I shit myself. Well, poo-poo. And I pooed. Well, mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't. It was a minty poo. Um, a little minty poo. A little minty poo. But it was mortifying, and she did not let me live it down, because <gasps> she was shaming me. For not only, you know, being so... Then why did she go on the date in the first place? Thank you. 
Thank rude? you. Where rude. Where is she now? I know you found her on Facebook. Where is I she now? I haven't, actually. I'm going to find her on Facebook as soon as we turn off this recording. Well, I'm going to find her and see what her life is like now. Good. I'm so angry at this woman. I mean, I'm sure she's moved I've on. I've probably been her at some point. Yeah. Been, We've all like, been. <laughs> We've all been that person. I've been the mentee and the mentor. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's my sort of golden takeaway, which really isn't much of a takeaway. Is to meet um, people where they are. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And not judge so much. What's your yeah. golden takeaway? Um, my golden takeaway is to keep your heart open. Oh. While you, like, you know yourself. Yeah. Uh, I feel like we need music for that. Say it again. <laughs> keep your heart open. <laughs> you already know yourself. You do. I do have a song. I have lyrics for one of the one of Blanche's songs. Uh-huh. Uh, whenever okay, so the episode with Ken Howard where. Uh, he rejects her and he's like, I want an old fashioned romance. I don't yeah. know whatever happened to that. The song that goes, they play it then, they play it with Grammy's wind chimes. Yeah. Blanche is not a slut. <laughs> Blanche is not a slut. That's a good one. I like Blanche that. Blanche is not a slut. You can just sing along like that. I like it. Yeah, it's good. just for Blanche. Oh. Sharon. <laughs> this has been delightful. This has been uh, I, I sometimes feel like I don't have a, a purpose in life. Mm-hmm. I sometimes feel like I don't have a passion. I feel that. Those are not true statements, but those are feelings. Yes. And I, I see the conventions like for the the Star Wars and uh-huh. the, the Star Treks and the like people who get behind sports yeah. and get passionate about it. And I think that's just not for me. And this podcast mm. Open my eyes and say, I do have a purpose. You do. I do have a passion. Let's talk more about the Golden Girls. Yeah, and I get feel more like I'm just getting warmed them. up, but always leave them wanting more. And guys, because Sharon loves the Golden Girls so much, you guys need to love her so much Aww. because they love the Golden Girls yeah. just as much as we love, love the Golden guys. Girls. And yeah. it's great. Yeah. So, where can they follow you on the interwebs? Sharon Spell. It's all on SharonSpell.com, on Twitter, Sharon Spell, Facebook, Sharon Spell, uh, Instagram. And they can see you at the Dead Parents Show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> fun, fun, fun. That's my Dorothy. <laughs> That's great. Uh, and thank you for being here. My really pleasure. Thank you for having it. me. And guys, I'm H. Allen Scott on everything. And Carrie, of course, you know, she's Squid Eat Squid and Squid. <laughs> I don't know. You know who we are. Um, and this has been Out on the Lanai. You can go to outonthelanai.com for all kinds of fun GG goodness and you can also check us out on Facebook and Twitter we're at Golden Girls Pod on Twitter and Golden Girls Podcast on Facebook and guys we love doing this and we want to continue doing this and we're on the HeadGum Network and they are amazing to us and Spreaker hosts us and they are amazing to us but we want to go to a city near you and we want to tour and we want better equipment and we want to do things that are great so you can go to outonthelanai.com slash donate. You can set up a recurring monthly donation with Patreon. We've teamed up with Patreon or you can just give a one-time donation and guys, if 40 people donated, um, what was it, $20 or $25, we'd be able to buy all the equipment we need. So like, it's wow. doable. I know, it's totally doable. Um, so thank you to everyone who has donated in the past and to if you are considering a donation, we greatly appreciate it. And guys, remember, stay golden. Right, Sharon? Stay golden. Stay golden. Absolutely. Stay golden. That was a headgum podcast. <laughs>